So I believe in the local church. I believe it is, and it sounds cliche, it is the hope of the world. I believe the way the local church goes is the way our society's going to go. What if wrong thinking was exposed in people's lives? And I think that's what we're doing with worship is, hey, like you've been, you've had this kind of surrounding you, this this thought process, this mindset. Um, man, let's change that today. We're able to lift that. So now if we're in that heavenly plane, that demonic plane can't come near us because there's a buffer between us, that worldly plane. Now, more than ever, it takes guts to live for God. On this podcast, we're talking to leaders, coaches, politicians, and industry influencers about what it takes to live the God kind of life. You're listening to the It Takes Guts podcast with Bill Shear. Well, it's my honor to welcome you back to the show today. Uh, I'm Bill Shear. I've pastored Guts Church most of my adult life and absolutely love the life that God's God's privileged me to be able to live. Uh, we are what's customary so far on this podcast, and I know I'm I'm pretty late to the podcast party, I guess. But um, you know the, the there's a crew of people that just make it easy, and and it's been a blessing because I get to sit across the table with people I love and cherish and care about. And today I'm here with one of the top men in my life, Pets of I, um, American Samoan. Uh, worship leader, man of God. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. I just, I talked to Opetsa when he walked in that I refer a lot of times to the children of Issachar who are men of valor, who understood the times to direct Israel. And I, that's what's missing in a lot of, a lot of ministry today, especially generational ministry where, you know, I'm 64. I'm in a bit of a previous generation from you but for you, for me, you're one of those children of Issachar. You're one of those men of valor to direct us what what to look at. So we we could just talk from here. Um, I thank you for being on. Oh no, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with you. Uh, honor to be a part of the, the podcast party. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 so cool. I think I've been a part of Guts Church. I mean, eleven of the thirty years, and it's man. It's been up since since I've, I've been apart. So thank you. Well, you got you got a great marriage. Looks from my vantage point. Yeah, you got a bunch of babies. To, let's talk about them. Yeah. So uh, three kids. Karen and I have been married for ten years now. So you know, first year of babies getting, having babies, man. Babies having babies. Uh, so Sam is our oldest. Opeta Samuel by he's eight. Kingston Grace is turning. Six. Um, that's crazy to think no, about. That's crazy. And then we've got a new addition about going into seven months here soon. But he, uh, Marley Chief, is uh, is our baby, and I, th- I think we're good. I think three's three's a great number. <laughs> yeah, three's healthy. Three, you're barely outnumbered at three. Yeah, we. Yeah, well, if we have a babysitter, we're good. We're good. You know, <laughs> everyone has a kid, so yeah. You you know, uh, I th- so much of our church, they're uh, they're just baby factories, man. I don't. It's funny because you'll it, it, a lot of media today. They'll say, "Well, people are young people are staying out of, away from church, and young people aren't getting married and having babies." And I'm thinking, and our church full of young people having babies. So I don't know if we're the 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 exception. I I don't mind being the exception yeah. the exception there. But uh, so you're 
you are Samoan, but you grew up in Tulsa. Yes, grew up in Tulsa, moved here when we were 15. I was 15. Um, my parents moved here to go to Bible school. And, I, I mean, after 10 years, you're in Oki. So uh, we've been here since 2003. It's crazy to think about, but. Uh, so you're an Oki. I'm an Oki. Um, moved all five of us here. Parents got five kids, and, <clears throat> man, it's been culture shock. American Samoa's the American side of the Samoas. Uh, if you don't know, it's, you know, independent Samoa and then American. Um, but it's, it's still a culture shock. Um, Do they get along, the two Samoas? They don't beef, for sure, but— um, they they do they do. Um, my mom's actually from American Samoa. My dad's from Independent Samoa. So moved over, found the farmer's daughter, and his history from there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it still tickles me. I mean, it's it it's funny when uh, like friends of mine in ministry that'll watch a podcast or watch something on the internet and they'll say. And how big's your worship leader, man? And you guys that don't know, Opetz is our, he r- runs our music department, he and Kate. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny because uh, uh, a, a dear friend of mine said, yeah, you got this massive Samoan and then a little blonde-headed girl that leads worship with a hatchet. Yeah. <laughs> but, so so uh, I'm down I'm down for whatever with yes, you sir. guys. I mean, it's just is a it's just amazing. I, I last night I was just standing there during the music just thinking this is so freaking powerful. It's crazy. I mean, it's just crazy. You guys have caught lightning in a bottle and I'm very appreciative. And uh you know, I've gotten I've gotten some major blowback about singing with my mic on um from the stage from my children. So, that's probably on my never again list. Um you know they're threatening to uh, to to leave the faith if I don't quit doing it. So I'm, I've 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 hung that up. So I'm going to leave it up to you. No, but you get it started every time. No. So thank you. <laughs> we, someone's got to get it started. I can be the fire starter once in a while. But uh, man, let's let's just talk about what's in front of you. I mean, what what do you see? I mean, uh, you know, me being in over my head for 30 years of pastor in a local church. You know, I, I believe in the local church. I believe that Psalm 92.13 is an expression of God's heart toward a local body of people. I know that the word ecclesia is not even a religious term. It's a military term. It's a Roman term that, you know, where two are gathered in his name and that, that the ecclesia comes into effect. But there's 120 or odd times that the word ecclesia is used in the New Testament. And most of them, like 115 times, it's a local group of people. So I believe in the local church. I believe it is, and it sounds cliche, it is the hope of the world. I believe the way the local church goes is the way our society's going to go. Yeah. You know, we could point things out in, in government. We could point things out in, in either either local, or civic, or state, or federal. That that it all hems from something that the church, the Bible says that judgment starts in the house of God. So the church starts allowing things, and I think it seeps into our society, and then we want to talk about them going to hell in a handbasket when we probably initiated it. So what do you see What do you see in the church as a 30-year-old leader, um, where where we're going, what's in front of us, just unfettered, not, I mean, I've, I've, I'm a visionary. I've got, I've got things out in front of me, and, and it, it, it doesn't seem to be slowing down, but what do you see? 
man, I think you you talk about it all the time from the stage, like starting this was, you know, pastoring the unchurched. And I think we we've seen the unchurched kind of get get churched and then kind of swerve back around into, you know, guts. But I think uh, a lot of the people that we're leading now are people that are churched that maybe it was done in you know in 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 a different way than than it's meant to be. Um, but I I think just things become tradition and become religious. Um, but the, the, what's in front of us right now, I, I see a lot of people that have been in the church now. You know, I I know you mentioned before that man, it's a lot of unchurched people, so. They're coming in with just a little bit of, of like, knowing what to do in a church setting. Um, but I think, like, we're getting a lot of people with a lot of doctrine coming in. Um, and it's, it's cool to see. It's, it's, it, it's cool to experience. I think it's, it's, a, harder, it's a lot harder to kind of coach through um, just because it's, it's a mix of things. But I think it's a lot—it's not just— a church. It's they've been in churches. Right. Uh, so leading those people um, has kind of been where we're at now. Um, and then the generation that's that are, you know, getting married and 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 are just kind of fresh into deciding we're going to church now as, you know, as as couples, we're going to raise a family here. I think that I remember being the youth director for these kids. So um Seeing that dynamic too is is a little different, um, but it's I, I would say it's a mix of leading people that are churched um, has been interesting. Yeah, it's it it to to me as well. And we started out with a core group of people that were all churched and it was six or eight. So it wasn't like this big crowd. And then it was probably 20 or 30. And, but then it was a lot of skaters and athletes and rock and roll people and bikers. And, and then, and then we got uh, then families and then, and now you're right. It, the, the pandemic probably shook some things. The Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. That, that things things came under that that shake that happened that was very spiritual. You know, if you if we don't think the pandemic was spiritual, we're out of touch. Right. And but but in the church, it it kind of shook th- some things loose. And there were people that came in. And what's interesting is is probably thirty percent of the people in our church probably didn't come back after the pandemic. And it bothers me. But but then there's probably three or four or five times that many people that did come in. So it's really hard when if a, if a family leaves it's like oh my gosh it's it's trauma but but then five families replace them it's like oh but wait a second we've got to we got to tend to what's in front of us and and in looking at that they have come from other places of worship other churches other denominations other whatever it might be and guts is different yeah we're truly an independent yeah. church and and it's, you know, they might come in and they might have had a congregational vote or it might be board run or, well, we're not. And the the idea of the way church is at guts can be refreshing for people, but it's going to be stunning for them too. Because we're, you know, we, we, we live what we live and 
it, it's, it's, we know where the guardrails are. We're not bumping up against those guardrails and we're making sure the boundaries are set and here's what we do. Here's what we don't do. And you know, it's interesting. I had a, I had a meeting earlier today with, with these people that run a ministry organization with a bunch of churches and they've been around for a long, long time, probably 50 years. And, and I, I, I'm talking to him and I said, hold it. We, there, there's people that have been in it for so long. They, they've forgotten what doesn't work. They've forgotten what they don't want to do. Yeah. And, and for me, having young guys like you that have been coming, come to our church in waves. It, it's like, Oh yeah, this is what we don't do. This is what doesn't work. So we're not going to do that stuff. And when I say doesn't work, the the bottom line is we want to win the lost and make disciples and then develop disciples who make disciples right. and see it. But then win the lost and make disciples and develop disciples who make disciples right. and win the lost. See, so that's that cycle. That's that flywheel that's turning. Yeah, it's it's been interesting um, with like immersing people in the culture. Um, and I think both those words are something that, you know, we, it's in our vernacular, but like culture immersion, you have to communicate it. Like you're not muzzling the ox because the, the oxen, because they're coming in thinking, man, this is how it is. And this is, this is how we've always done it coming into, you know, a culture like Dutch church. And this is how we're going to do it. Just, just from memory, muscle memory, maybe. Um, and then it's, not a no and not even a not right now. It's just not, not how we do it. You know, uh, communicating that is interesting. Um, it, you, you think that you have that with, with a ton of people. I know I'm talking about the music side of things, um, but with, with church in general, is that, is that something that you experience with, with the church? Oh yeah. But let's talk about music for me. I have one there. There's one objective, and it's real simple. Lift the room. Sir. However people are coming in here, because let me tell you, however many people are in our services, you know, there's hundreds of people that are there. Most of them have been traumatized recently. So if we come in and, you know, I mean, it's it, it, if, if it's just like to me, if it's, look, you're, we're here, you're, we provide music at church to lift people. And to, to get them on a higher plane and to lead them to that higher, higher plane. Well, you, and you guys, let me tell you, have, be, have made it an art form where you, you can, we can lift the room. And that's the, that's the sole standard. That's the objective of, of the music of our church. And I get it that people say, well, we want to usher in the presence of God and we want to set the stage. And it's like, I, I get all that. But all I'm thinking about is people coming in that are downtrodden, people are coming in that had a knockdown drag out with their wife on the way to church, people coming in that have lost touch with their teenage kids, people coming in that might might have failed in marriage or might have failed in ministry or whatever it is, what do we want to do? We want to lift them. And and I believe that a rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah. Well, let's lift everybody. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be a little louder than you expect. It's gonna be a little more aggressive than you expect. But like last night, I went back to the band room after after church and just thanked you guys. It was so powerful, just amazing, and and most of it is just fruit from our church. Yeah. I mean, I look at it. One of the guitar players grew up next door to me. He's he's 
35 years old now, you know, a thriving with thriving business. But, you know, he, he, uh, we had a relationship in the driveways of our, our homes where he grew up with our kids. So for you, you've kind of, you've taken the, you've taken that objective and you've put meat to the bone. You've, you've taken that concept and you've said, okay, it's not going to be theory. Here's what we're going to do. And it's just explosive. It's just amazing. Something you said, man, I, it was a Wednesday night, I remember, but it's probably been a couple of years now. And the question was, what if wrong thinking was exposed in people's lives? And I think that's what we're doing with worship is, hey, like you've been, you've had this kind of surrounding you, this, this thought process, this mindset. Um, man, let's change that today. Here's what the word says. Here's who God is. Here's, here's who you are. You know, I, and I, I think you've communicated that with us before, like leading worship, worship itself, it, it's leading worships all vertical or, or lateral. That's what it was. You said it's all lateral. Um, so just putting people in a place where they, they, they have a heart of gratitude and they're just thankful. I, I think it changes everything about the room. Lifting the room is just, man, what you've said before, just exposing wrong thinking. Well, the doctrine of my life is he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So much of church music is, God, please send your Holy Spirit. God, God, please do a miracle in my life. God, please. It's like, wait a second. Every, it, 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 here's, here's, here's my doctrine. Everything God's ever going to do, he's already done. That's good. It's finished, okay? Healing is finished. Provision's finished. Shelter's finished. Peace is finished. Jesus said, we don't we have to pray for peace. We don't have to pray. No. He said, look, my peace I give you, my peace I leave you. They're not like the world gives. See, so often we're praying for this worldly peace, this tranquility. Jesus said, I didn't come to, I, did, I didn't come to make you comfortable. I came to give you a sword. In this world, you'll have tribulation. Well, people are coming in with the tribulation, so what do we do? We rise above it. I believe there's three planes that we live in. There's a natural plane that's in the middle. There's a heavenly plane that's above us that we're seated in heavenly places in Christ. And then there's a demonic plane that the devil's trying to pull us into. He's trying to pull us into poverty. He's trying to pull us into sickness. And, th and then it'd be chronic sickness. Now, that's a spirit. See, and and we have to we have to look at things, and, and it—, it it, it's amazing. Sandy and I talk a lot, and invariably, half the times we're talking, my wife and I, she'll say, this is spiritual. And it's because everything's spiritual. And if we look at that, we're dealing with this thing. It, the root of everything is spiritual. So now that we're able to lift that. So now if we're in that heavenly plane, that demonic plane can't come near us because there's a buffer between us, that worldly plane. See, so so it— I, I, it's as simple as that to me. We're trying to lift people, you know, that what did, what did, what did Jesus say? Lift your head, open your eyes, look at the fields. They're wide unto harvest. So many people have their head down. They can't see the, the opportunity. God, man, there's going to be a challenge. Like, like what happened through the pandemic and, and, and so many people got sick and there were people that passed away and, and that that's horrible, but the opportunity for the church during this time, because we're not going to let fear in. Man, we're not going to let the through the elect the election cycles, through everything that's political, through all the social media. We're not going to let fear in, because fear drives the world today. Fear has become the commodity that the world is selling. 
Well, you know what? Perfect love casts out all fear. Yeah. We live in an environment. We live in a, a kingdom with perfect love. That's good. Um, just what you said about, you know, everything elevating or an opportunity for the church through the pandemic. I think it's, it's kind of a, like it, it exposed a lot about where we needed to go with what we were doing now. And I know you've, you've talked about, man, the culture won't change. The word's never going to change. Um, but the methods, um, yeah. the methods are going to change. And I think that's, that's one of the things that we've seen um, just elevating that, that was what was exposed was man, the fear that was driving it. And then how we were doing things. I think it kind of changed the game for us in in a good way, um, which was kind of opposite of what the world was seeing with the pandemic. Um, but it's man, I, I've I've seen it with everything we're doing from the production side to 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 reaching people on stream, you know, to to getting people to the church, you know, filling the house has been a game changer for people to see that we've elevated, but also that we're not going to, we're not going to bow to fear. You know, we're not, we're not going to bow to what's hovering over us. Right. Absolutely. And, and I still live by the, the master through a feast at a party, invited special guests. They didn't come, invited everybody. There was still room in his house. And he said, go to the highways of the hedges and compel them in that my house may be full. The, 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 the whole idea. Yeah. I love that whole idea of big church because big church is big results, but it's also big work. It requires big shoulders. And what, what the world is always going to try to do, it's going to try to expose cowardice in leaders, especially in the body of Christ. And are we going to, here, we're going to try to cancel you. We're going to, we're, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to turn, we're going to sh- show that you're a coward. And, and that the pandemic, if nothing else, I just thought, man, 42 years ago, I made a commitment to God. I was going to be in his house every day or every week, excuse me, every Sunday. I didn't like church. Church wasn't, I, I, I didn't relate to it. There weren't any of my kind there. And I realized all that. So I had, I had plenty of excuse not to go. But I thought, God, I commit, I'm going to be here every Sunday. Well, then a couple Sundays, the pandemic happened. They asked us to interrupt church. So a couple Sundays happened where I'm preaching to nobody in a in an empty auditorium to people online. And I thought, yeah, I think we could do this. I think it's great. And then, but but then wait a second. That commitment that I made, I made the, that commitment over 40 years ago to God as a brand new Christian, I knew nothing. But I knew that there was honor in God's house, so I'm going to honor His house. So we came back to we came back to church maybe before a lot of people did, and yeah, I had to I had to fade the heat for it. But I I that commitment I made to God, I was keeping that commitment. I was keeping my word, and I think that's huge. Like commitment, something you talk about, you know, entering room with no exits. Um, I I know that. I mean, it's been 30 years of of the church, and I was in high school when some of your kids were in high school, just kind of seeing, hearing that in the community. And like, even when I wasn't going to church there, but the culture was so heavy about, hey, you keep your word, you know, you show up when when you say you are, and you're just, 
you're going to make it happen if you said it. You know, you, 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 you walk that talk. Um, I think it's, it's, it's just been interesting just going back to my high school years, seeing your kids kind of live that commitment out. Um, and, it, I, you know, even some of the kids I remember, you know, some of those kids having, you know, some makeup in October is like their hair would be, um, you know, they'd, they have some, some dye in their hair or some, some blood in their hair from, from, the, from the makeup from the night before. Uh, but it's, at the nightmare. At the nightmare. And uh, yawning, you know, like <laughs> yawning, um, and asking them about it. Like, man, we just we do this thing, and and commitment has been evident uh, in your life, and it's man, it's kind of affected everyone that's a part of the church. Well, Sandy and I hear people. We'll we'll talk to couples, and they'll say, "Well, we know divorce is wrong," and what I want to say is, "Okay, stop talking." That's the end of that conversation, you know, it, because it'll turn into, I, I know divorce is wrong, but, and we're not here condemning anybody that's been divorced. We have to look at things where it's like, okay, there's, there's what's on the inside, what's on the outside. We can't let the outside in. And that's, that's what too much of the church has done. You know, I look at, I look at the, just the, the, the innocence in our music at our church. And I'm like, God, protect that innocence. God, protect it. Because, man, I've, I've looked at the, the music industry and then the music industry in the church and the music industry and, and worship. It's like, I don't, I, that's not good for me. And for, for, for the, the body I'm, I'm overseeing and I'm leading and you've just been a godsend. I mean, the whole team. No, it's been incredible. And I'm appreciative. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's awesome. Uh, like that, the kid you talked about growing up next door, um, he's, he's one of our key guys. And I would say that most of our guys are, like we have vets that have been there for 20 years. We got people that kind of joined the team the last two years. Yeah. And it's it's cool because the vets kind of take care of the noobs, you know, the, 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 the guys that are new to everything. And the culture is, it's, it's, it's so strong there that, you know, those new guys, it, it's almost like you just got to make sure the vets are good because they're going to take <laughs> care of those, those, those new guys coming in. But it's, it's, it's cool to see that those guys have still like have been serving in the same, like, in the same department for so many years, you know, and, and, and have fruit of their, of their lives. I, I think about most of our guys uh, on the band own businesses. So asking them to be a part of, you know, a night or, you know, a, a weekend is, is so, is so easy because they've, they've done everything that they needed to, to be in the position they're at to just serve God. Um, in that capacity. And I, I, it's, it's a game changer. It's a game changer to work with people who are business owners uh, because they're available. They make their own schedules, but also see that, Hey, they, they weren't before. And now they understand responsibility. Yeah. And, and they communicate that in everything they do. Yeah. But well, what, what let's, let's stay on that road of what do you see? I mean, you know, what I want to do is I want to keep winning the lost. I want to keep making disciples. 
I want to develop disciples who make disciples. And then it just, I, 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 the church I see becomes a mushroom. It's a mushroom cloud. It's, it's, it's dynamic where that's what shakes a nation to me. That's what, that's what consumes a community. See, we, we look at them. We don't use these terms often enough, but they're scriptural. The, our God's a consuming fire. Like his work has to be consuming or it's not going to reflect his nature, who he is. I mean, can you speak to that a little bit? Consuming what fire. What you see. What I see. Okay. Um, I see that we're, I think the people that are on stage right now, the people that I've been talking about, um, just people that have been raised up, um, I'm I'm seeing, and and I don't think we're late to the party, but I think we're we're there now. Like we have to raise up. Who's next? Because I I think it's 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 important to celebrate and give opportunity. I think you've said, man, feed the hot hand before. Um, and we're also in a spot right now where our, like our youth kids are they're next. So taking care of what's next is as important as feeding a hot hand. Um, as far as, you know, raising up our church, I, I, and I don't know that I saw it uh, before kids, but it's, man, just thinking about what's next. Uh, you have to think about who's next because I think it takes care. It's of, all about the who. Yeah. You know, it takes care of all of it. Well, and you know, in looking at this, the development of the, of the, where the whole body becomes developed, but the, the aspect of the, the reproduction that comes from a healthy body. I mean, and that's what you're talking about. I think one of the understated strengths of church is a deep bench. You know, I mean, you, you look at the, the NFL, and uh, uh, a left tackle goes down next up. I mean, those coaches aren't, aren't throwing their hands up saying, what are we going to do? We lost our star tackle or we lost our quarterback. No, that guy's pulling off, putting his clipboard down, put, pulling his hat off and his, his headphones. He's putting his helmet on. And he's going out there calling the next play. And see, that's how the church has to be. It's, it's like, okay, who's next? You know, next man up. But a deep bench is is what we're going to need and where we're going now. Because you, you mentioned it, there's, there's all kinds of kids and youth and, and Hispanic services and, and single services and, and young adult services and, and, and music attached to all of it, but then everything else attached to all of it. And we've got we've to be intentional about developing people. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. I mean, because you're going to lose... You're going to lose who you are without the intentionality of development. That's good. And I'm still in development. I'm looking at it because I'm looking at it, uh, Taylor in Brooklyn, who are your age, and Kennedy. I mean, she's my baby, and she's she sits in meetings, and, and she's she's pointing her finger at me and, and demanded. That. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we've reproduced. and And I think that. What I appreciate about you, the team that you you oversee, is you're up for whatever demand hits you. We had a 60-day revival a year ago that you guys had music every every day for 60 days and didn't skip a beat. Everybody's happy. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is, there's something to this. 
something's going on here. Yeah. I think the buy-in for 60-day revival was, I mean, you you found out who was down and not, I, I wouldn't say that it, no one was down, not down. <laughs> Everyone was just ready to go. Yeah. Uh, Shocking. And the buy-in was huge. And I think um, just the way you casted vision for it uh, changed the game for um, everyone that was on the team. Well, it was easy for me to lead because from the inception, it was like, okay, here's the plan. Don't plan anything. Let's just show up, unlock the doors, flip the lights on, and see what happens. And it was explosive. And I and a, a lot of it, like 90% of it, was music-driven. I mean, it just was set. It set the atmosphere. It lifted. Everybody came in lifted. People couldn't wait till tomorrow. And it's like, oh my gosh, I gotta. I mean, there was an almost an anxiety about getting a good seat or about getting there. And that's a healthy church, yeah. you know. And in looking at it, nobody was like, oh, we got to do this again. Or and almost it ended on Easter of 2021, and people were like, wait, what are we doing now? Right. Wait, it can't be over. Yeah. You know, it was funny. Yeah. No, so 60 days for us, like from our point of view. I think has been, it was like 60 days of prep. Like it was all preparation. You know, I, I, I think we, it was easy for us to come in and execute the music, but being able to flow with what God was doing now. And I mean, looking back at it now, it was all just 60 days of prep to just flow and just make sure that, man, we were setting up you to communicate the word, uh, but also, the Holy Spirit wanted to do yeah. whatever he wanted to do. We were just down. No, I know, so many times I'd get up and it'd be like, I don't really know what to do. I didn't say that. You got to put your game face on. But it's like, okay, we're just going to flow. Yeah. No, and it was good. It was good to to be in those spots because uh, I think naturally there's a freak out where you're like, we've never been here before. You know, we don't know what it looks like. Oh, no, those control synapses in me were firing the whole yeah. time. No, but it was incredible. It, it was a game changer for our team and I think for our church. But I, I wouldn't say that leading worship is, is easy now from that, from the 60 days. But it's, 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 it's great to be a part. You're just thankful for it. You know, man, man, I'm excited. Let's. Let's go. We've been here before, you know? Well, you, what I love about you guys, you're not dipping your toe in to check the temperature of the water. You're just diving in. I mean, that's who I want to I want to roll with, you know? It's like, let's just go. We're ride or dies, man. And that's, that's the nature. That's who you bring. That's the, I mean, it's working with people like you make everything worth it. I mean, it really, you're, you're such a joy in my life in, in, on our staff. And, and honestly, I could get up and say, I love everything about church. Even the parts that are hard to love, I love all of it. And it's pretty amazing. And I want to thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. I owe you. I, there's a, I'm, I, every time I'm around you, every, every, everything we do, I, I'm serving a debt that I have for you. And there's no there's no debt here. Thank you for for letting me be a part. Um, honored to be a part of the house and just part of your team. 
Well, let's do this again. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor.